Welcome to your daily game face. I'm Dr. Kim Lannon, and I'm mad at Lou Blasi this morning because he was mean to me. But you're smiling. So. I well, because that's my on-air personality. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> that's what you just told me. It's my on-air personality that you know, because Lou Blasi was fresh this morning. Can you to pull me. that mic a little closer to you, please. What? That wasn't. There's nothing mean about that. No, but see, you this know. is what's going to undermine your argument here. No, it's not. Gonna, no, I'm just doing that because you're picking at me. I'm not. And I have a cold. And I wasn't mean to you. What what would My you My retort was a little sharp. Your your retort was unnecessary and sharp and rude. And I have since apologized for yes, it. Yes, you did. Multiple times. Twice. <laughs> That's to multiple. Be <laughs> to be accurate. Yes. As you should. But you know, the morning is early and you might still get in trouble. Yeah, it's it's unusual. Possible. So psychologically, I asked, what is going on in your life that you needed to use me as your target this morning? I don't think that was a, I don't think that was an accurate assessment. Oh, God. Anyway, for people that can see the screen, <laughs> the book is called The Highly Sensitive Person's Guide to Dealing with Toxic People. And then you proceeded to say, you're very sensitive for a psychologist. And I said, <laughs> well, you know... I am a human being. What's it, the people, your clients, would consider our exchange rather mild. Our exchange was mild, but nonetheless, it was uh, <laughs> it was quite surprising, which is why I was like, Lou. Yeah, I know. Oh, my God. Like, roll out of the other side of bed or something. I don't know, but geez. You just mentioned that it was cold in the studio. I said and it was I cold was, in the studio. I was yeah, walking by. the studio. See, see, that's couching the conversation when you do the voice. It doesn't accurately accurately represent the conversation. Okay, it was a sharp, nasty tone. No, it was not. A little bit. It was not nasty in the least. What was it then? If it wasn't nasty, just sharp. <laughs> I was busy in there working and trying to get back to the studio, to the side of the studio, so I could start the show. And I said, "It's not cold in here, Kim." And you use my name. Yeah, I know. <laughs> When you use my name, it's a problem. And maybe you wouldn't have had to be in here with the lighting if you had had it on in the first place. That's true. And this light, by the way. I might have been in there putting the lights on in the first place if I weren't buying tickets for your fundraiser for the oh, New England Patriots you, Chariot Foundation. You are. <laughs> Charity sure. Foundation. Thank you. Yes, you were. You were filling them out. So speaking of which, we'll train. Okay, now you're off the yeah, hook. That's a segue. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. you're off the hook for a second. Don't you worry. At the end of the show, I'm still going to come after you. Yeah. I know. Um, very nice. So I have in my hand this lovely little baggie. Um, I've I've been selling my tickets, $40 a piece. Mm -hmm. Well, so this has been very confusing for people, but I'm going to straighten it out. My tickets are $40 a piece. You know, to me, it was confusing too. Okay. Well, I'm going to unconfuse you. Okay. $40 a piece for my, because my raffle or my giveaway, I should say, is sold onto myself for my run for the New England Patriots mm -hmm. Foundation. And so I'm selling 240 because it makes the amount of money I need to make for the minimum for the, the run. Okay. If you buy $40, you get one ticket. If you buy more, you know, obviously it's $40 a piece. However, the Patriots Foundation then came in and said for our team, if anyone donates $50 at a time, 
which is $10 more than what I'm selling yep. my tickets for. And they are then entered into their giveaways. Mm-hmm. Oh, and it's only to the Patriots team, their giveaways. So if, so someone gives me $120, like mm-hmm. you did, yep. then you get chances to, mm-hmm. because they're 50 piece, yep. to go towards their giveaways. And their giveaways are, they're giving away three sets of two tickets. So three games. So two tickets apiece to three games during the season this coming year. Plus they're giving away memorabilia and sign like, Slater material and like you name it, they've got it. I'm it's a list, and mm-hmm. I was like, wow. And they just they just came out with that the other day, so that was way after my brilliant idea of my tickets. So that was why it's probably confusing people because it was 40 and then it was 50. But I wanted to show that wow, incentively, you guys can not only win my thing, but you can win all this other stuff too that comes as a bonus package. So if you don't win my thing, you can still win something else. So potentially, I could win. A Peloton biker treadmill or twenty five hundred dollars in cash. Yes. Three tickets, tickets, pair of tickets to three Patriots games. You can wear a pair of tickets in yep. the upcoming season and, and a whole a bunch of other stuff. Matthew Slater signed photo. something. Yeah. And a whole bunch of other stuff that's on a list that is I mean, too it's long more for me Matthew to Slater, but yeah, yeah. Right, and so yes, yeah, so, so potentially you could win all those things. But that's great. But just for me alone, I thought it was pretty cool that you have the choice between. You only get to win one, but people keep saying everything. I'm like, no, no, no. You get a choice of either a Peloton bike or the Peloton treadmill. Right. You do not get the membership that's monthly. That's your responsibility. You just get the wonderful right. machine that's beautiful. Or you can choose just the $2,500. So I've had, it's interesting. I've, it's, I it's I should have done a psychological experiment of who would take the money versus who would take the treadmill or the bike. Because I've got a little bit of a split, almost 50-50. Oh, really? Yeah. I thought more people would say, I just want the money. But people have said they'll take the money, except for two people, said that they were going to, if they got the money, they were just going to give me back the money. So it goes to the charity. Mm-hmm. But for the most part, people have been like, oh, I want the treadmill. <laughs> well, it's so, $2,500. That's 10 years of Planet Fitness. So, <laughs> or, or, well, or $2,500 is a cruise. <laughs> is a cruise. <laughs> good point. Right? <laughs> Very good point. So, but people are like, really? 25? I, I don't care what you do with it. It's just, it, you know, you win, you win. Yep. But I think for, you know, well, I always say you got to buy more than one ticket because one, yeah, it's one in 240 chances. But if you buy more than one, you got, you know, your odds go up. Yeah, that's important. Only 240 tickets being sold. So. Only 240. So once it hits that, that's when I'm going to do the drawing. So um, I'm, I'm in I'm halfway. So, and I've still got lots of time left, but, but I'm really looking for people to clear this up in the next week or so and get me cleaned out so I can get this on and over with for people. And so you can train unfettered. I can train the last five weeks unfettered without this on my, on my ankle dragging it. And you get a, the peace of mind of a contribution to the Patriots Chariot Foundation, which is a great organization that does a lot of great work. And, and it, and that I see, I think that's the best thing. And I keep telling people that um, you're giving, you know, you're giving a donation to um, not one charity, but 25 mm-hmm. charities at a time. So people are always like, I don't understand what that means, but we give to 25 charities a year. Um, 
a significant amount of money that comes from doing this particular fundraiser just from the mm -hmm. Boston Marathon itself because we have 14 people on our running oh, team. Oh, that's not even the foundation. It's all the Boston Marathon money. It's, this is right. This is from just this yeah. is just from the Boston Marathon Foundation runners. Okay, excellent. Yeah, that goes to the this, and so it's pretty pretty cool because it's very specified and and of course we know that the craft foundation does a million other charity things too and that it feeders in yep. but for sure this comes from the 25 i mean this goes to the 25 charities that we pick through um the charity um uh the mvp the meyer craft mvp awards and they go to the local charities and it can be vermont maine new hampshire rhode island massachusetts connecticut mm -hmm. charities from all over and their variety and Actually, if you go to the New England Patriots Foundation page right now, there is an opening right now. You can uh, apply or nominate a charity that you think would be deserving. Oh, nice. And it's open right now so that we're gathering charities, usually two to 300 apply a year. Um, I'm nominating two this year myself. Um, and you go in and you write up a whole big write up on them and you tell about them and a particular person. Um, so I will be doing that this year for... Uh, into action recovery in Tewksbury, Massachusetts. I'm going to nominate them again because mm -hmm. I have been trying to get them to um, win because they're an excellent. Uh, and then uh, the new house uh, animal uh, rescue. Oh, I knew in, there was going to be an animal yeah. nomination. In yes, of no, course. it's fine. Yeah. The new house animal rescue league or the animal rescue in Chelmsford, Mass. Um, it's a single uh, person who not single as in single, not married, but just a single person, uh, Jane Newhouse, mm -hmm. who opened up her doors of her own home to create an animal sanctuary and a rescue and a, and a veterinary clinic for all these only rescued animals, raccoons, possums, ba really? babies, you know, baby bunnies, like anything that gets mm -hmm. left behind or hurt or maimed yeah. or whatever. And, um, and she's a one woman show essentially with all volunteers and she works hard I'll and bet. and she's got quite the little place going for doing all the work that she does and she's always overrun and she's always yep. so she's a great charity so between interaction recovery and that one so you can certainly go on and nominate them as well or any of your charities that are around um everything in, is open and game so those are the two charities i will be nominating this year tax deductible these tickets all the all the all the tickets purchased are tax deductible. It's five hundred one c three. If you need, um, if you get the tickets through me, oh, you can Venmo me at Kim Lannon. That's how you pay me. Um, just because then I'm putting it into the into the give and gain system. Um, but if you Venmo me the money, I will send you the five hundred one c three paperwork and your ticket stubs. You can also go to my give and gain um site if you want to donate directly to the new england patriots site itself it's just i was making it easier to go for people to go right to venmo so that i could um make sure that i had all the cash for them and give them their tickets it made it easier that way but certainly kim underscore landing you went kim underscore landing uh, for my venmo yeah nope just kim lannon kim i think it's kim space lannon and for one person yesterday who said i don't have venmo can i paypal you i said yes you can do that and that's kim lannon all one word so excellent it's one you're halfway through huh i am good for you i had someone buy 12 tickets yesterday wow i was like wow this is wonderful
love that, right? And then, of course, in my head, 12 tickets is $480. So that $20 <laughs> made me have a cuckoo on the extra yeah. for the 500. I'm like, oh, yeah. that's, you know, that's an average of the evenness of something. So I, I ended up putting in the $20. So it would make me less well, crazy. Take my extra $20 and give it to them. And... <laughs> oh, yeah. There we go. Let's see how it works out. <clears throat> um, um, so anyway, uh, so yes, thank you for pitching that. Now I know that, um, you put up on Facebook yesterday to do that. If you are, if you are not here and you are far away, um, and live not in this country, um, you can still give to the foundation mm -hmm. and you could still win the money. I just probably can't get you the Peloton or the, I probably can't get you the Peloton there, but you could still win the money. Because I know people are listening from all over the world. Well, Peloton will drop ship, won't they? I have no idea because I didn't even think of that. But sure. I do. I do know that. I do know that someone, a friend of mine in Australia, gave, and then I thought, how? I. I oh, you talk to the people at Peloton charity event. They'll they'll right. drop ship that mm -hmm. sucker. I'm sure it will work out. It's going to be Pelotons in Australia. Oh yeah, there are. But yeah. I'm. I just hadn't thought of that. So you know, my my one stores, track, my they, one yeah. track United States mind. Yeah. They have stores now, don't they? Yeah, they do. Yeah. As far as I know, yeah. they're everywhere. Yeah, you know, so um, it's very exciting. So, and then, and then we'll I'm get in... that done. If the guy in Australia wins. We'll get that done. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. We'll get we'll get that we'll get done. That I like done. that. So I'll, I'll, I'll you'll make sure. I'll get that done. You are going to be. I on will. That. I will. I will spearhead that effort. Excellent. I'm coming to you for that if that happens. So, yeah. my friend in Australia, if you win, mm -hmm. Lou is on the case. That's right. Awesome. I will personally see yeah. that that Peloton gets still. Delivered. delivered. You You'll get go your Peloton yourself. in Australia. You will go yourself. Ooh. What? One of the few places I am interested in traveling. Oh, to. You, you haven't been there? No. Well, what do you so, mean I haven't been there? Who's been to Australia? I, Except I, the Australians. I have. You have? Yes. Was I've, it a vacation trip? Or? I've been to Australia. I spent a month there. You have. It was beautiful. Doing something with the kangaroos? What were you doing? I, I did see the kangaroos. Yeah. I. Saw lots of beautiful animals. I swam in the Great Barrier Reef. Mm. It was lovely. Yeah. I stayed away from the box jellyfish that will kill you. That you know, they are so the many seven things. deadliest animals yeah. live in. I was going to say, there's so many things in Australia that'll kill you. There are seven <laughs> really bad animals that live yeah. there, and I think I saw at least three of them. So, <laughs> I've never seen a spider web quite the size of the one I saw in Australia oh, in see. the middle of the jungle. Good, you just cured that for me. <clears throat> I'll, I don't I could, do spiders. The spider was like bigger than my hand. Yeah, See that? No, no. It was sitting right in the middle and it was no, huge. No. Spiders and snakes, not into them. Oh, well, you would not like where I yeah. was then. Yeah. There was a lot of that going on. So it's like a big prehistoric spider web? Well, except there was a real spider that was current in it. Um, I know, but it's like that size, is, like you would see. It is and... gigantic. Oh, I can't God. even describe to you in real time how. Like, could you get out of it if you got caught in it? You'd get stuck. You'd get stuck? I think you would get stuck. I think it was probably pretty sticky and you'd get stuck. So if you walk into it? It wouldn't be a break. It wouldn't be one of those ones you walk through and get like get on you and you get like like that. No, you'd be stuck? Yeah, I think you'd get stuck. Okay. <laughs> no. So, and the box jellyfish. Then we should just scorch Australia and be done with no. it. No. Oh, my God. Australia is beautiful. Stop it. I'm sorry. The spiders oh, my God. Are, this is what I'm talking people. about. You are in the mood. Okay. So anyway, Australia was beautiful. I had a lovely time in Australia and I stayed in the, I stayed in several parts of Australia and it was lovely. I'll bet. It looks interesting. Yeah, it was. I was exhausted when I got there, but it was fabulous. Yeah. It takes a very long time to get there. And I could do that accent. 
Oh God. No <laughs> Let's hear it. No, I can't do it. Oh, I, can't. I could I take like, it. Oh. I could, I could live among it. Oh, live, live amongst it or, yeah. and enjoy it. Oh, yes, it was lovely. It was lovely. They eat certain things that you might not like, but <laughs> I can imagine. Uh -huh. uh -huh. <laughs> kind of like when you go to Iceland. Oh, it's the weirdest thing. Oh, really? Uh -huh. See, you're just ruining all the places I want to go. They really have regular food too, but they eat their delicacies in Iceland are a little bit. What did you eat in Australia? Um, I will never do this again. <laughs> Would imagine. But I, I ate wallaby and kangaroo, which I don't know why I did that because I'm against all of that, as you know. Mm -hmm. I ate alligator, which I will never do no, that I've again. I've had alligator. Either. I've had alligator sausage. Well, um, and Greensboro. Mm. And I can't. I ate something else, and I was like, "Okay, I'm done with that." That's kangaroo. It was actually it was good, but was it? I just it's yeah, I understand. I can't do it. It's just uh, -uh. Yeah. I'm all set. Especially the wallaby. That was like I, that sent me right over the edge. They're little and they're cute, and and I'm not talking koalas. I'm talking wallabies. Mm -hmm. So they're like little kangaroo people. <laughs> <laughs> but i did not partake in iceland of the delicacy that they do wild horse and whale they whale there and i'm against that oh, as you know no. and i'm against killing horses so no. that's out for me i have not knowingly ever eaten a horse um that's probably good god knows what's going on in some of the restaurants around here but i have, I not have no opinion about that <laughs> but nonetheless you're going to ireland yes and you'll be in ireland and the food there is pretty normal yep Yep, you can have. Yeah, you can have blood sausage. Yeah, no, probably, probably not. <laughs> maybe, know. maybe. Yeah, it's yeah. good. Enough. <laughs> oh, tell me all about it. Um. Anyway, so today's show. On to other things. Today's show is on saying no. <laughs> <laughs> um. So anyway, as you guys know, I was not here last week, and I was away, and I was on a girls' trip, which was lovely. I was with. Um, three other lovely women having a fantastic time. And part of our trip was was heavily themed around saying no, not in a weird way, but who says no the best, essentially, because, you know, as women, mm -hmm. so this might be women themed, we are socialized so much in this culture, and not just women, but culturally in the United States to say yes, because you know, we don't want to hurt people's feelings and we don't want people to be upset with us. And we're trained, especially as females that, you know, good girls, you know, just say yes. And, you know, there's all these kinds of crazy yeah. intimations. Right. So we were we were laughing on several occasions at the ability for one of the women that I was with that she has a very practical sense of um, no noble pull to just say no without any problem and she does it beautifully and we were all inspired by her being able to say no so it's kind of like there was a line of she had like the best no mm -hmm. and I was the second best no <laughs> but I was sort of in a tie with the third yeah. with her and then one of my besties was like well <laughs> yeah you know yes and she's she's adorable and, yeah. and we're just like I, she's, I just wish i could say no like that because we're so trained to yep. say yes to so many people and the more and i don't know you you tell me male side of this the more you say yes the more people take advantage right and mm -hmm. the more and there's more takers in the world than there are givers 
as we know. Yes. And so the more you say yes, then the more you draw the takers into you and the expectation grows that you're always going to be the one that says yes. And if you say no, oh my God, what happens? Right. People get so upset that how could you say no? And what does that say about you? And it makes you a bad person. And so hence the thing about the toxic people book, which is not just about saying no, but being able to say no and not have guilt and not have um, feelings of shame to actually say, I'm not comfortable with whatever is, you know, as simple as I don't want to go to the movies tonight or, you know, something basic yep. because you're so worried about hurting someone's feelings or, um, getting or a negative reaction end of the relationship. Yeah. But, getting a negative reaction. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. Right. Because it's, it's like emotionally annihilating. <laughs> What's so the cost people. of saying no to somebody? Right. Yeah. So what is the cost, Lou? What is the cost? of? Well, saying I was going to ask you, isn't part of this, isn't a lot of this external, in other words, the people you tend to surround yourself with give you your ability to say no and not to say no. Yes. Like I'm an, I'm an easy person to say no to. <laughs> Cause I'm not going to give you grief. Well, okay. What? I'm just, well, I'm trying to imagine like, yeah, you don't give grief. No. <laughs> Except today. <laughs> Yeah, no, grief is a little strong it's still you just keep underplaying it it's okay yeah. well it was relatively minor comment oh my god <laughs> no okay. i'm not taking responsibility for this <laughs> oh yes you are <laughs> but no, no i've gotten to the point in my life where i understand when people say no right it's like people have you know, i i respect your your uh, personal needs and your personal reaction to this. Well, come so so the thing about no and I was just right before I got here. And by the way, you know what I you know what I do with this that probably pisses people off. Here well, I can only imagine today. Go ahead. I don't want to hear the thought process. About what? It's like, do you want to do this? No, that's not for me. Okay, fine. But then they go on and they keep explaining why <laughs> they don't want to do it. And it's like it, it was better at just no. Well, do you know why people feel like they have to explain because it? they feel guilty. Right. Yeah. Because they want it to be okay enough to have said the no. And this is what I was going to say but two it seconds is. ago. Yeah. That it's it's a boundary issue. Mm. Is that we are so, and this is goes right along with the codependency, narcissism conversations that I've been having the past four or five weeks, minus last week, is that we're taught that when you set a bound, depends. Certain people are allowed to set a boundary. And sometimes that's gender, right? Yep women tend to not be allowed air quoting allowed. It's not as acceptable for a woman to say, set a boundary or say no, because that somehow makes us bitchy, aggressive, um, mean, um, snobby, you name it, come up with a negative word, right? As opposed to, I'm not comfortable with that. I'd prefer not to do that. Just no, I'm, I just don't want to have that in my life. Yeah. Why is that not okay to set a boundary like that? And so we are taught, include as children, and you see this in little kids, boys and girls, that no is is not okay. And so we grew up in an era, and I use this example with kids coming into the office with their parents all the time, is, um, you know, classic example of like Uncle Bob. <laughs> Sorry, Uncle Bob, whoever you are out there. <laughs> Uncle Bob wants a hug. Uncle Bob wants you to sit in his lap and have a kiss. And like, yeah. how about no? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> how about you don't have to do that? And 
And I'll give a prime example of when I was little, because of what I did for a career as a child, yep. I was a gymnast and dancer, right? Christmas parties were notorious. I hated them. I dreaded them yeah. because my godfather was a piano player and he had a piano and an organ in oh, his house and they were big entertainers at Christmas. So, and, they, and he was a doctor and his wife was a nurse and the Christmas parties would always be these big events, huge, like the whole, you know, just imagine the visual. Showtime. Show, showtime. Mm -hmm. And guess who was on stage? Number one. Yeah, you. Yeah. And yep. so I very vividly remember in my early like five, six, seven, eight years hating going to this Christmas party because I was always in the little pat black patent leather shoes and the dress with the bow. And I knew it was going to be performance time and dance to uncle so-and-so, who I won't say his name out of respect, you know, playing the mm -hmm. organ, just about the organ. Yeah. yeah. Right. Uh, <laughs> right. And. I was, no was not an option. And I remember being in my aunt, my godmother's ba long bathroom with the old shaggy rug walls and everything. And this is such a visual. Shaggy and rugs? my mother and my- She had rugs on the wall? Oh, she had, oh, yeah. just uh, yeah. orange and oh, green. You yeah. know that orange and green chartreuse color? Oh yeah. God, yeah. Beautiful home though for the seventies. But the the fights in the bathroom as I was getting prepped for my beautiful performance around the middle of the entire living room and all these guests. Yeah. Of me saying, I don't want to do this. No, no, no. And the tears because I was being forced. Yep. And I remember very specifically being told, like, if you don't do it, you're going to hurt their feelings. Uh, you're going to yeah. be a disappointment. And spring forward to 2022. And that's still happening because I still have kids coming into my office telling me the same stories. So it's not like it's yep. soul unto me, but I feel for it because the the training starts so early that to say no, because you'd hurt someone's feelings or, you know, not give someone a hug. Like, you know, if you, I see this all the time. Kids will be like, um, told, you know, give uncle Bob or auntie Sue a, a hug or grandpa and, you don't have to if they say no it's no is no yeah and i always train hello <laughs> i always train i always try to train the kids to say and the parents like no is okay yeah no is a boundary that that child is saying that they don't want to and um when i've had kids on occasion you know if i've gotten them alone and said you know why did you say no like because i want to know their thought process it's usually a really good reason all sure. reasons, all reasons to say no, it, no is enough. But I always get a good reason. Like usually I don't like the person. They don't make me feel good. There's something weird about them. Like yeah. there's usually some but story. But you can't line. say that in a family situation. And you can't say a that. A friend situation. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And because it causes one like something. So there's, so just in the context of that as children being allowed to say no is it's not disrespectful. As long as you say, I always say, as long as you're saying it respectfully, no, thank you. I'm all set. You know, I don't want to give hugs today, you know, and having a parent be like, that's okay. They don't have to do that. I think that that pushing, pushing, pushing is such a start of children being set up to be young adults and, and adults not being able to say, I just don't like this and I don't feel good about this and this doesn't make me feel right. And then they get drawn into toxic relationships because toxic relationships pull for people who don't set boundaries and don't say no. Do you hear this? Yeah. 
<laughs> <laughs> so if everyone on the side of me can hear the talking, I'm sorry. There's someone in the next studio that just walked in and it's really loud. Yep. Um, so, so I think that if you, you know, a lot of people that listen to the show are adults most of the time. I mean, I know our demographic has been around 15 and up, yep. but, um, you know, no, no is okay. And you will feel if you're not used to saying no, no, will feel bad. No, will feel like you're doing something wrong and that you, you know, the guilt, because guilt is that perception that you have that you've done something or you're going to be perceived by someone else as being bad or doing something wrong. Right. No is okay. And it actually builds respect from people eventually. And if it doesn't, those are people that are going to fall off the, off the wayside anyways, because they can't tolerate themselves, the uncomfortability of being rejected with the no. Yeah. And that is what it is. And it took me many years to be able to get to that disconnect of the feeling that comes with saying no. I could say the no, but then it would be the the toxic whip up of, okay, now I've got to spend two weeks in my head being like, it's okay. Nothing's yeah, going to In your apart. case, why is the uncle's feelings more important than yours? Right. Right. You know, it, all the, all the uh, attention goes to the uncle's feelings and, it right. doesn't, and no one goes to the child's feelings. I right. mean, it doesn't make any sense to me, well, but, because... but this is where you're describing the situation and you're describing it in terms of women. Yeah. And it's like, I'm thinking in my head, I've never met a woman who couldn't say no. <laughs> so I think it's uh, I think it's, it's, it's funny because I know a lot of women who can't say no. Yeah, it, but that comes to the type of people that you choose to associate right. with, and your part in attracting them or right. having them attract you to their well, relationship. And, and that's to the point of uh, so perfect ex example of because like, I don't know never, these women you're talking about. You don't right, so you, right because yeah. and clearly you know me and I, I say no. Yeah, <laughs> no. <laughs> and you know that so. Yeah. Um, I it goes to the point of how you were raised, how I was raised. You're going to be more likely to be drawn towards more assertive. You're okay. Like you're okay with, and you sit well with people's feelings. Like mm -hmm. you, you don't, you don't get upset with a person's feelings if it's different than yours. At least outwardly you don't. No. I've never seen that. You accept it, that it's not a personalized thing. Um, and that's however you were raised. But that's by negative example. Meaning? Meaning that oftentimes I wish for that in response. So I give it. That's my approach. So you're modeling it. out what you want back. Yeah. Okay. In other words, when when someone says no, it's like, I'm not going to give them a hard time because there are times when I've wanted to say no, or I have said no and gotten a real hard time about it. It's like, it's no, it's enough. Right. It doesn't work for you. Right. Yeah. Well, and, well, let's find something that does. Right. And so, but see, and, but there, so that comes with a personality that's much more flexible because you're tolerant of yes and no, you don't take it personal. You're allowing for the boundary to sit because it's not that it's no always, it's no this time. Mm -hmm. Whereas many people know is an affront to them right. and it's an emotional annihilation to them because it's a full on rejection of who they are as a person versus it's just to know about. Yep going to the movies or can you pick me up somewhere and take me somewhere? It's, it's, it's just that violation. self-injury. It's an ego injury. It's an ego injury. Yeah. And, um, and given the examples of, of like that childhood thing growing up, I mean, I remember it being, and I, and I have a couple of kids in my practice right now that, so this is why it's in my head is because I can relate. Right. So I'm having that little counter transference thing is I can relate to that feeling of, 
they have they they go to their summer parties and in the pool deck they're they have to do like their little dance routine and it's like on command and yeah. okay come on do it do it and the kids are like i don't want to do this i don't want to do it because it's forced and they're not in that mindset and they don't know you know they, you don't understand it's also it. diminishing I mean, it's very diminishing you, you don't have any value here except for your song and dance right yeah your 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 dog and pony show right and that's absolutely how it felt growing up and and the fights that would ensue over who you were as a person because you said no and a boundary goes up and so so many kids it's admirable isn't it i mean it should be admirable yes to be able to say no yeah. you know and to have a parent then say it's okay for my child to say no I mean, there are reasoned and unreasoned and things like that. But, well, yeah, I mean, it's yeah. it's okay for my child to say no to performing for you. Yeah. It's okay yeah. for my child not to want to give you a hug. It's okay for, you know, if you say, can you please do your math? And the teacher is asking you to, and you say no, well, we've got to do yeah. Well, yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah. obvious things that are, right. that's not a choice at this juncture. You actually have to do your homework and that's not a no. Or we're talking about like the real socialized things that put pressure right. on a performance or um, you know, we're, we're so taught and I, and I was actually talking to a man about this just before the show that we're so taught about that we will disappoint or we will look like we're not doing our job in the way that we're expected to, if we say we cannot do that on this timeline, or we're not able to do it in the way that the other person's putting on us or expecting us to, or, it, it builds and builds and builds and being able to just say no is okay because no isn't, isn't finite. It's, yep. it's just in this moment. Like I'm not able to do it on that timeline. You can't put that there and think that's going to happen when you've got all these other things, for instance, or um, be inaccurate with, uh, or not to be inaccurate, it being accurate about like, no is now, but tomorrow I can. Yeah. So super important to well, realize. Well, often a woman's job, quote unquote, the, the phrase you use is to submit. Right. Yeah. Right. So if you say no, you're not submitting. Right. And that That's becomes a, a problem. You step that along. Right. And, yeah. and, and, and even though we're in 2022, that still exists in mm -hmm. the world. And it's such a, um, I had a client a couple weeks ago <clears throat> that had a, a scenario at work. She's a lawyer and she had a scenario at work that she's the only female, but she's the lawyer. So she's actually a senior in terms of education, like in terms of yep. lots of things, she's a senior. <clears throat> and she said no to something. And then she was, she was chastised for it. And she was actually called a name. Oh, And, um, and our whole therapy session was spent talking about, one, the inappropriateness of what she was called and how she had a right to say no. And then what she needed to do to require this person for them to step up to apologize and so on and so forth. And it turned into like a two week thing about this man. I was gonna say gentleman, not yeah. even a gentleman, but this man saying something because she had said no to something very tactfully, like that's not going to happen today and it's yep. not possible. And so he point blank called her this name and felt that that was totally reasonable to do and that she should just man up. See, that's a, that, well, yeah, <laughs> See, that's a double whammy there in the work situation, right. because first of all, superior, you're supposed to submit to a superior. That's the superior's ego structure. Right. And male female relationship. Right. So as uh, exemplified by the fact he decided to call her name.
Right. Well, yeah. and why did he call her the name? Because he wasn't getting what he wanted. So he crossed her boundary to get her to submit. Yep. And when she didn't submit, he got more angry and got more toxic and more manipulative, yep. which is a coping strategy mm -hmm. to still try to get her to do what he wanted. And she still didn't. Well, people who have trouble saying no have seen that repeatedly and do not want to attract that. Often the equation for those people is I can say no and get all kinds of grief. Right. Or I can just submit and you know get on with the rest get get on with the rest of my life. And and and, that, and that's one of the that's one of those parenting things that we've yeah. talked about is like it's the road that's easiest traveled is just to say yes because the amount of flack that they get back from their kid if they say no is so difficult. Right. But what it does is it trains the child to be able to get the parent to submit into exactly the same pattern, but it's in the reverse of a child doing it to a, a parent yeah. because the parent finally gives up and says, forget it. It's just easier for me to say yes and give in. Yep. And, and it's the same exact thing because the parent feels guilty. Yep. <laughs> we can walk in there and, and hash, hash it, it out. <laughs> Maybe we should talk about that prior to the show. <laughs> Not sure what we're doing over there. <laughs> doing technical. Okay. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> um see now i got distracted and i lost where i was because i've got this going on next to me you're talking about uh, kids training their parents that okay. uh, that denying them is uh, is uh, not worthwhile yeah well that's good that we had that conversation <laughs> do you want me to come over and close that door maybe it would help i can probably just close it because that's really distracting me I, he's having a full-on conversation yeah with a tech and engineer guy. Oh, there you go. Okay. Hopefully I will now not hopefully lose my help a little bit. It seems to be buffered. That's good. <laughs> Cause I was hearing the whole conversation full on. Yeah. So anyway, so yeah, so parents, so kids training their parents, but it's so, Oh, what I was going to liken it to is it's that same, you know, we can extend this into, you know, the narcissism and the codependency stuff that comes up in adulthood for like addiction. Yep. Is because when you're you've got this going on and you're not able to say no and you've got the boundaries crossing and you've got all these other things going on, this is what leads into <clears throat> those relational addiction, um, codependent relationships that have nothing to do with maybe drugs or alcohol, but also then leads into the self saboteuring of drugs, alcohol, eating, gambling, because saying no creates such an emotional a vapid hole in us sometimes because we feel so um, bad mm -hmm. that we did something wrong. And so we go to those things to make us feel better. How about, uh, how many times have you heard the story about people uh, in addiction recovery where the beginning of their story was the inability to say no within their peer group? That, that they were introduced to drugs because the people they hung out with were right. doing drugs and offered it. And it was like, I couldn't say no because that I would lose my standing within my group. Yeah, and, yeah. and that's, well, ego and you, pressure. And you, and you hear that all the time because you hear, you know, the basic starts with, you know, 13, 14 year old saying, well, I just did it once because my friend was doing it yeah. and I didn't want to look bad right. or I didn't want them to think I wasn't cool or I didn't want them to judge me or whatever. And then they regretted it. Right. Um, what I what I found and what research will will say, too, is that it goes back to what you were saying about the group you hang with is going to be what 
intensifies or demystifies that whole piece for you is because if you're already into the group and you don't have a group of your own, so to speak, and you're searching for yourself and you have an acceptance group that will give you something, yet they're going to do toxic things, you're more likely to go to that when you don't have like your home base already. And so it's, it's a lot of kids that are sort of searching and without, you know, lacking sports, for instance, mm -hmm. or they don't have like a good solid base of, um, you know, they didn't have a group group sport growing up or they didn't have a club that they belong to or they don't have maybe a church group or mm -hmm. something that gives them a sense of community that gives them a sense of boundary and a boundary setting then they end up doing that path that's like well or I, multiples where they get to explore who they are themselves in several different settings i mean right. this is back to codependency right. because you sacrifice you take a drug or you start smoking or whatever it is against your better judgment <laughs> because your status within the group is more valuable than yourself right. right yeah well yes and so if you've ever watched if you've ever watched or listened to so i've i had the beginning of my career i got the it was actually a privilege i worked with several gangs we as you know we have gangs here mm -hmm. in massachusetts yeah um that are out of new york city that have come up and they have made their way into a certain part of our state. And so the beginning of my career, I worked pretty closely with some of them. And it has that similar flair that the acceptance piece is such a huge um, part of gangship. Well, the self-worth as a gang member is so much higher <laughs> than the self-worth as a person. Right. Yeah. And, and to be involved is such an honor. And to say no is a no. Yeah. And to be, I mean, you know, obviously using the lingo is, you know, to be jumped out, is painful so it's easier to go with what you know which yep. is not saying no than to being jumped out of the gang because once you're in you're in well the basic premise of the gang is don't say no mm -hmm. you do what we you do what we do right and, and so and and what a, what a what a weird little run we've gone on in this one but it is it's about the like what types of socialized groupings are you in that allow for you to submit not submit um, say a boundary, stay mm -hmm. by the boundary, who you hang with, how that sets, you know, so that you have friendships. Because a lot of these um, things are built around being able to have a community, good, bad, or indifferent. So which community are you in and how how able are you to set the boundary? What happens when you set the boundary? And it can have very dire consequences for some people. Um but that requires self-worth. It requires mm -hmm. the thought that your boundary is more important than the situation or in the relationship that we're dealing with at that particular time. So if we look at, right, if we look at like, let's take the norm, not gangs and everything else, yeah. but right. So the, the re, setting the boundary is, is the skill, you know, it's kind of like swimming, mm -hmm. teaching the skill of having boundaries and allowing boundaries to be there so that a child has, adulthood ability to say that what they need um, and be okay with it and have people respect that. That's such a golden ticket for people because it allows you to um, create good relationships that don't have, they don't pull right. for the toxicity and the narcissism and the damaged insecurity of other people because the takers will come towards people who lack the boundary to say no. The takers don't want people with strong boundaries. No. Because that diminishes their self-worth. Right. Because there's 
boundaries equate to power mm -hmm. and not power in a bad way. Power in, in empowerment right. is that you're actually in control of saying yes and no and what you want, what you don't want, what you need, what you don't need. And so many people feel the um, inability to do that. I mean, I wouldn't have a job by and large mm -hmm. if this wasn't a, a problem. I mean, the last five weeks of talking about this, this is really what happens, I think, largely in a lot of you know, therapy rooms and psychiatry offices all the time is people get anxious and depressed and struggle because they aren't able to set their own personal boundaries and stay with them because they feel guilty or ashamed or feel like they're going to lose the connection with others mm -hmm. in some way. And I tell people sometimes losing some of those connections is okay yeah. and you just have to rebuild, but people would rather dance with the devil they know than the devil they don't. Right. So they'll keep dancing. And they get that they've probably developed these relationships with the takers and, and the narcissists who don't want the injury of someone saying no to them. Right. Because that's self-image ego. But they've danced with them so much. Their repeated pattern pattern is say no and get grief. Say no and get grief. Well, yes. And that's going to happen to first of all, the more you do it, the less grief you get, first of all. Well, and, and the thing about the thing about the the takers and and narcissism is narcissists who work you let's put it that way right narcissists who will work you they will there's such a wonderful beautiful rainbow of of love and support and pulling you in to mm -hmm. make you feel really good yep and and then it falls apart and then when it's really bad and they the person who has been the taker knows that it's been like they've defeated you essentially right they will regroup and go back to that honeymoon period to build you back up yes. to have you feel as though it's really okay so and that's the cycle of the toxic you know it's abuse yeah love it's, love it's bombing it's it's love bombing it's yeah. gaslighting yeah. and it happens not just in regular relationships that are intimate it happens in friendships it happens in work environments it happens in school relationships and and teachers because <coughs> what they're really good at is good at is using that to um give you a false sense of self-worth right mm -hmm. and they know that's exactly well i mean this is all i don't want to say subconscious because it's probably the bad term but it's well, it's, no, it's it's conscious there because yeah. it, it, but it's become so automatic. So it's not really subconscious at all because it's such a cyclical, vicious cycle. But it's what the the narcissist has learned as a way of coping to get what they need. So the love bomb happens. But that builds that codependency because right. when you're love bombed, you are getting you're feeling good about yourself, right? And you're feeling good about yourself because of that person. Right. So you can't jeopardize that relationship. Right. And then you and the, and the feel good piece is so good for even if it's just a short second, you know, maybe a day, sometimes two. And then it could be months before it's like that again. But you're it's like it's gambling, you know, eventually it's going to yeah. pay off. So you'll keep pulling the you'll keep pulling the uh, machine to get the payout, knowing that it may not be every time, but eventually it will come. And that when it does, it's so great that it holds you yeah. through those months of, of how horrific it is. And, and it's probably after an initial period in that relationship where for a long time it was love bombing. It was building of self-worth because right. that's the basis because you always think you're going to get back. You think that is the reality of the relationship. And so here's so here's a great adult example of the love bombing is um, a person with really good, strong boundaries. And this can happen a lot. And I've seen it 
good, strong boundaries, healthy, male, female, doesn't matter. In insert said narcissist. We don't know that they're that way, right? They come in, they yeah. it builds it up, love bomb, love bomb, love bomb. Now yeah. that usually lasts, it can last six months, a year, right. two years. Yep. Because it's it's grooming. Yep. It's all a grooming process because there's there's benign narcissism and then there's malignant narcissism. Very distinct. So in this, we'll call most of the relationship stuff benign. Not that it's not bad, but it it's not the sociopathic. It's not the serial killer kind. It's right. not that kind without conscience. It just has, you know, it has yeah. a need base. So it, because it's supplying their need too, because in right. that period you're giving back what is they're looking for well, before you get a look behind the curtain. Right. You're filling up their cup. So they're filling up yours in an effort to fill up theirs. But what ends up happening is they can only go so far because there is nothing, there's nothing beyond that. And so once you set a boundary to that process, that's when it starts to unravel mm -hmm. because the narcissism can only hold itself so long because the no from someone unseats their narcissism. Right. It unseats their insecurities and says, wait a second, you can't say no to me. Look at all the things I've done for you. Look at how good I've been to you. Yep. I, I do these things for you trying to make the person who now you've 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 made to feel amazing feel like oh my god i did say no and why would i've said it so if you don't have a person who has that good strong resiliency when they do say no to be able to back it down and walk away and say yeah i don't have time for that and what are you talking about you end up in that cycle where so many people that i've talked about in the past few shows get stuck in is that no now becomes <laughs> I call it the terrorist point, you know, like, yeah. cause you say, you say no. And now it's like war because it's opening up the door of like, Oh, now you're going to get annihilated for saying no and restricted from and, and um, taken from because you were given so much. And now you're saying, no, how dare you? It's the extreme of every relationship, isn't yeah. it? A romantic relationship because you have the quote unquote honeymoon period yes. where you don't see any flaws in the other person. Right. And then the, as your time together, you see flaws and it's a matter of how you each deal with it. Right. When the narcissist understands you're seeing flaws that triggers them because what they know is they're fraudulent. Right. And they're constantly afraid of being exposed. Right. So they'll try to love bomb you a little bit and that'll work for a little while. And right. then as you get later and later, there's more flaws and more flaws. And then it turns into war. And so and so yeah. that's why a lot of times people, you know, in, in my class that I teach, they'll say, well, what, how is it that people get stuck in staying with, you know? And so in my addiction classes, we talk about this all the time is it's the same as why a person stays with drugs or yep. alcohol or gambling or sex addiction. It's the same thing with relationships. They'll stay because the the cycle has gotten so deeply enmeshed and so, you know. Mm -hmm. tight you know if you're watching the show right now you can see i'm like holding on to that like my hands really tight there's no space for anything to enter and it's got a grip on you so heavily mm -hmm. that it's not just as easy to just walk away there is no just walk away and you know people on the outside that don't have these issues will say yes it is all you have to do is just pick up and leave yeah right it's not like that. And it's not, the, it's not a person. It's not because a person's weak or it's not because a person lacks character. There's been so much groundwork laid down for you not to say no and for you not to have your boundaries and for you to be trusting of the love bombs that have come um, that all of a sudden it's yeah. not quite as easy to walk away. For the people on the other non-narcissist side, for them, right. Um, they 
getting that reaction, seeing the flaws or showing up the flaws right. or being attacked by the person who thought they were, who thought they were the best, you know, th this person loved me, this person adored me and suddenly they don't. That's a death of self. Right. Right. Because they're seeing who they want to be in that person's eyes. And when they don't see it anymore, it's often right. difficult. So you just keep working back towards that. Okay. How well, can I get back in the person is, yeah. and I, I call, I tell my clients that they're, they're hopeaholics. Yep. They can't, I call them hopeaholics. You're hoping yep. that this person will go back to the way that they were. You're hoping that eventually someday they'll change and give you what they were giving you. And you either go, you either, you have two choices. You either stay mm -hmm. and keep doing it because they're not going to change unless they want to. And that's a whole nother show. Yep. Or, right. Or you have to let go of the hope that they're ever going to change and you have to do you yep. and whatever falls out has to fall out because you're, you're, you know, those, those front years, those front year or two that you got love bombed is very unlikely to come back because now you're not in the, in the narcissist eyes, you're not worthwhile anymore. Right. You're no, you, you have no, um, there's the right word. You have nothing to offer because you're not, you, there's no more left to love bomb. You're not you novel anymore. You're not unique enough anymore. Right. And you say no. So what's fun in that? So yeah, you see the flaws and eventually you see all the you you're, you see everything's transparent. Yeah. And now you've become a boring relationship. And with true narcissists, chances are they're working on another supply. Yes. They have several other supplies lined up. And they and they and it's interesting because sometimes well, you see this in people who cheat, mm -hmm. right? In narcissists who cheat on their relationships for sure. But then when you when you don't have that particular supply, because a lot of people won't use that as a supply, um, you'll you'll see it in other ways. They'll find their their um they jump, they don't have relationships or friendships. They just they just feed off of the next person that they meet to just make it exciting for a day or two. Then they move yeah. on, they move on, you know, it's like or finding, they're the finding a uh, a, sh uh, a new person at every port kind of thing. Yeah, or they're the bell of the ball where, where they just, their constant need is to be gregarious and, and loved by everyone. And no matter where you walk around, right. they're going to say, <laughs> Oh, isn't, isn't he great? Isn't she great? Right. Cause yep. it fills up their cup. Yep. And then if they're still, you know, and then, and then the, you know, so the lights go down, they go to their, you know, their corners for the evening and they're still in their relationship. And it's like, eh. yeah. Yeah. Well, now I don't have to be gregarious. I don't have to be that person because I don't care if you like me. All I care about is when we're out in public that yeah. the next person likes I'm not me getting and that they think I'm funny yeah. and they think I'm great. I'm not getting that supply from them because they know that they know me. They, they know me. They yeah. can see through me and they yeah. know that, that I'm full of it. So, so, so going back to the no, that, that bursts that bubble a lot is when you say no and you set the boundary, it's like, yeah, 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 that's, that's no fun anymore. And it, it's like, well. It is what it is. And you see that with, um, I'm working on this with a couple of clients with their parent, like parent child relationships with their adult children, uh, you know, now, and, um, the love bombing from the parents, um, it, and, and the child says, well, no, I'm not able to do X, Y, and Z, which is now an adult, like 30 something year old person, right. you know, mothers in particular, I've seen this in, in these clients that, you know, like, well, why, what's more important and why don't you love me more? And why do you love that part? Like, it's same thing. Yeah. <clears throat> Sorry about coughing. <laughs> Can't help it. Well, I think, well, that's part of the parent child dynamic. <clears throat> right. It's interesting because I'm, you know, I'm going through it similarly with my son now who's moving to Brooklyn. Right. It's like, oh, geez, you know, we were so tight. 
right. growing up. How can you move away? But that's something you just have to deal with, right? Because right. that's just the natural course of things. Well, and you and and I would imagine you're not going to say that to him. No. Right. But in your heart, you're feeling it because it's just. But you know that. No, but I, I dismiss it easily because this is not personal about me. This right. is him. This is him doing what he needs to right. do, what he wants to do. And, you know, God bless him because right. that's what I want you to do. Go out and do what you, you know, go chase your life. <laughs> because you don't have the narcissistic piece to it, you don't get in his way. No. Oh, no. <clears throat> and that's there's, and that's a big, that's such a good point and such a good difference is that. But I made a point out of expressing to him that. I'm not really, it's not my favorite thing that you're moving to Brooklyn, but I, I'm proud of you. This is right. great. You, you're well, doing yeah, what you want to do. But that, but that is a normal, healthy thing to say to someone. Like, it's not my, like my, one of my besties moved to Florida. Mm -hmm. And when she, she told me last year yeah. on the phone <laughs> after not telling me for a while, yeah. maybe she's listening today. She knows this already. She was like, so I have to, she, cause yeah. she knew so my first response to her was, I'm so excited for you because I didn't want to take that away from her. And I didn't want, and I'm not narcissistic about that. And I'm, I'm not, yeah. you know, I was like, but I, and then I did say, you know, 20 minutes and I said, but this makes me super sad Yeah. because selfishly now I don't have you right down the road. Well, it's important for me, for him to know that it's not just, you know, it's not just okay with me. Right. Like I'm struggling with it a little bit, but the more important thing is, it's, I'm proud of you for what you yeah, doing. It's, it's wonderful yeah. for you. Yeah. And that's, and that was what I was doing with her. It's a, I'm so excited for you. Yeah. And this is awesome. And, and it's a benefit to me because now I can come visit you, which is, Oh, where I was last week. <laughs> <laughs> well, there you go. So there's a, there is a perk. There's right? a road trip. So yeah. So it was good. Justified road trip. Exactly. That John and can't say cruise. no to. <laughs> that's right. Cause John wasn't invited. <laughs> Nobody um, can't tell you no. Uh, no, <laughs> yeah. no. He doesn't tell me no. Nope. So you have you your problems with saying no are internal, and they're also you have a part in it in the people that you choose to be around, the people who who attract you yeah. and who you are attracted to. And you have to be good at identifying out who in your life because this is an interesting going to be a problem. This is an interesting balance. We talk about this all the time: what you can control and what you can't control. Right. And the ability to say no often has a lot to do with you, but it often has a lot to do with the person that you're saying no to as well. Right. And, and, and a very good sign right out of the gate. If once you've said no, if you can get there, if you know the reaction right away, that's your, your quick and easy, like, Oh, I know where this relationship is yeah. and where it's going to go because you'll usually get that even at the beginning. If um, you say no to someone, yeah, you can pick it up right away. So you have to have your radar up because if you get too far down the road, into the narcissistic relationship without realizing it it's it's what i call the the oh uh, yeah you know right in the middle of the first year you're like oh it's like you're married and you can't get divorced <laughs> the first time you get that uh rage response right and well like, i mean oh, rage is probably strong is but you get that good sharp thing. response like i gave you this morning did you just say sharp response? Yeah. Were you likening it to the sharp no, response you gave it to me at the beginning of the show? I was mocking you from equating it. Mocking me. Yeah. Mm, that's nice. But there is Wait that... till the end of the show. Yeah, Nobody's going to know what's happening I'm, after the show. I'm Whatever. Still, I'm going to keep tape rolling. Yeah. <laughs> to protect yourself. For the court. <laughs> <laughs> but there is that moment in the, in, the, in the narcissist tendency relationship where you just run into this wall and you get this. Uh, 
you get this disproportionate response yeah and you know what you've run into right oh you should know what you've run into but many people don't and that's one of the things people don't they they get confused yeah. like what's going on why did what why is this such a big deal and so that actually sucks a person in more because what people do is they'll try harder to make the narcissist feel less mad at them yep by doing more and doing hard. So the, the taker becomes more of a taker and the giver who's not the narcissist keeps giving, which makes it even tighter into the enmeshment until yeah. eventually the person who is the giver goes, I'm done giving. Like, yeah. I'm done. You're constantly giving the taker the higher ground. Well, you're, well, which you're, is just you're giving power you to the taker yeah, exactly. and the taker has no concept one, because they don't want to have a concept of their, their taker because that would make them look bad. Yeah. And they think you're right for giving them the higher ground. Because yeah. You deserve because it. They, they do things. They, I've been you know, offended. Yeah. They, yeah. they help you. They, yeah. you know, they do nice things for you on occasion or yeah. they, you know, I could say so many things, but I'm going to hold. <laughs> Why? Because <laughs> it will just get, because it will just go down a weird road that caused me problems. And, you know, you know, just because you take the trash out doesn't make anything better. Yeah. Uh, you know you. you know or if you vacuum or mop the floor <laughs> you know i don't know um but can you um can you take relationships at their value in other words I, with my daughter now with one of her friends we, she she talks to me about you know things that have gone wrong in there and i go well that's who she is right just take it at that level and as long as it's not so as long I as it's not that, draining you unnecessarily. Uh, that's yeah. exactly as long yeah. as it's not emptying your cup if it's if you can manage if you can manage not letting your cup get depleted and like i've said before have it soul sucked yeah and you can manage being in the relationship without getting your soul sucked then i'll by all means have at it yeah. but it's very hard to stay in relationships and not lose your mind when you have soul suckers in your life yeah it really is. Oh yeah. Cause it, it just ends either in ends or it ends in someone either being physically or mentally just not well. Right. For both people. Cause it's so stressful, you yeah. know? So, but as long as you can have, I mean, cause I certainly have friendships that are draining, Yeah. but manageable because I know how to put the boundary around them. Um, but then there's other ones where I'm like, Ooh, run, <laughs> run. Run. And then it gets complex because sometimes these relationships are meshed with other relationships. Right. In other words, you're really close to the partner, so you have to put up with their partner. Right. Yeah. Right. And exactly. You, you just have to deal with it. But a, a lot of that is just being able to detach yourself from the outcomes. Right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Exactly. But it's not easy. It's very easy to talk about. Well, it's very easy it's to not talk easy about, to but live. implementing. It takes a long time. People, are, you know, again, I was just talking to someone earlier that he and I have these really good conversations about how, like, how hard how long it takes because he's he's a little bit my junior and we've been talking about narcissism and kind of p parents and family members and who's in our lives and um and when did it occur to me to really be able to move forward in my own life with all the knowledge that i yeah. have and whatever and i'm like first of all it's a journey it's i'm always oh god yeah you know honing it but it took me until i was almost like 35 36 to be like all right Yep. I think I'm done. Yeah. No, it does. I think I'm done with this. It and does. No, and what you do. And no is now going to be my favorite word. And what no. you do, me as a parent and you as a professional, you're trying to hand off this information to right. people who are in their 20s or, or younger. And it's like they're not ready for it yet. They, right. They don't have the base of experience to really 
Well, it's also that wide-eye, innocent, like, how can it possibly be that you can't just, why can't we all just get along? And why, you know, hopeaholic, it's going to eventually change. Well, no one's going to change if they don't feel they need to change or if they have no awareness. And so many people walk around, quite frankly, with very limited awareness Mm -hmm. about how they impact people, why they impact people the way they do, and how possibly you know, their behavior could possibly impact anybody on any given day. And this is a vast majority of, I won't say vast, but a very large amount of people that are in the narcissistic camp. Yep. And there are a lot. And narcissism isn't a bad thing, by the way. Let me clear that up. Narcissism can be good because it keeps us in well, check. Because clinical narcissism is a bad thing. What is it? Clinical narcissism. Well, clinical, diagnosed right, narcissism. Clinical narcissism, like the kind we're talking about today to the extreme. Yeah. Is not a healthy thing. But narcissistic tendencies are part of everybody. Narci- and yeah. there's the difference. So yeah. we all have little fractures in us. It's if we take those fractures and then we damage other people because of them. And that's what we're talking about today. Yeah. Is that the no, a no in someone can take that fracture in that other person and make it just become, you know, yeah, a very large. Fisher. Yes. <laughs> gaping hole. I love that word. All right. Tell people about getting tickets for the yes. Patriots Chariot Foundation fundraiser for your Boston Marathon. So one more time, here are my, here are my tickets in hand. Mm-hmm. <laughs> if you'd like to, if you'd like to purchase a ticket for the, for the $40 um, or, or more than $40, if you'd like more than them, I only have 240 to sell. The prize at the end is you get to pick either a Peloton bike or a Peloton treadmill. Or $2,500 cash, whichever one you want. You do not get the membership with the choice of your machine, um, but you do get one of those things on the day that we pick. I will be giving away other things too that I have little other little things in my uh, pick pocket of things Mm -hmm. of giveaways, but that's the main prize. And then in addition to that, if you buy, um, if, if there's $50, you also get your ticket and my New England Patriots give you a chance to win a variety of other things mm-hmm. like season not not season tickets but tickets to a season game mm-hmm. um and then other memorabilia so um i encourage people to buy as many and quickly as possible so that you can help me train faster so that i don't have this hanging over me <laughs> <laughs> but i think it's a pretty great idea and i think how great that you could end up with twenty five hundred dollars in cash yeah. or you could end up with a bike or a treadmill. a treadmill that's superstar. And a Matthew Slater signed photo. Or yeah, or some, some other player. or some other cool thing like that. So yeah. um so Venmo me or which is Kim Lannon, or you can PayPal me, Kim Lannon. Please make sure if you do that, you put in so that it doesn't tax me on it because you know the new tax rules has to say um 2022 Boston Marathon charity run or something that's like a donation for charity so that it's yep. noted that in that system that if they say, oh, you got this money, it's I can say, no, no, yep. it went to the, it went to that. Um, this is a 501c3 uh, uh, company. Um, if you have a matching company, they will match and then you can get the paperwork and and match. And um, yeah, and the run is April 18th. Five more weeks. I'm training. Hopefully I won't have a cold then. Oh, God. <laughs> um, and yeah, and I will see you all next week. And if you want to catch me on Monday, I will be on Ron Kolek's show. That's of, right. Uh, we're going to go. Ghost Chronicles. We're going to go Ghost Chronicle on Monday. Monday's we're 11. Talk all about it. So I will see you guys next week. And thanks for joining in.
Thank you.